Effect chapter number 11. This is not Spinal Tap. I don't even really get that reference. I mean, I do. I've seen the movie and I understand it was like amplifiers used to only go up to 10. So they crank that bitch up to 11. I, I guess that's the joke. Being that, <laughs> being that I'm a musician, I think I should probably know that more as fact rather than speculation, but oh fucking well. I don't feel like my levels are high enough, but the bars are reaching, so hmm. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'm going to turn it up just a little bit. Come on. There we go. I feel like that's a little bit better. Let's go with that. Yes. So yeah, welcome everyone to Delayed Effect. Uh, thank you for for joining me. If this is your first time, um, well, you picked a damn good episode, I think, because this one's got some pretty heady shit, and it's it's kind of the uh, the whole point of me starting this podcast is is chronicling. Uh, a new journey that I'm on. Well, it's, it's not new to me anymore. It's been going on for fuck, probably two months, maybe three. Oh, really? It's been going on for <laughs> the last like 15 years, but, um, I, I guess it's all finally coming to a little bit of a head right now. And, that's kind of awesome because who doesn't love a little bit ahead, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I'll get into the details later of what's going on right now because I, I know that's I, there's a couple of them of uh, of you listeners out there that have been anxiously waiting to hear exactly what this news is that I've been talking about. I've I've told some people. But for the most part, I've kept it pretty hush-hush. You know, if you follow me on Facebook at all, I've been pretty cryptic. <laughs> it's been a, it's been kind of fun building up the suspense, you know. And, and uh, I'm just going to build it up a little bit more here. So just wait and fucking see. But uh, yeah, if, if this is your first time joining the show, it's it's essentially about me a la, what, I guess, yeah, two or three months ago, really, when I sat down and fully fucking decided, hey, God, was it that long ago? Was it six months ago? No, I haven't been doing this podcast for six months. There's only 11 episodes. Well, this is the 11th one. So, 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, yeah, it's about two and a half months. So, but it it started really on the 8-Bit PackyCast, my other solo show, which I'm still doing just because there's not a new episode since, like, fucking July. doesn't mean it's dead. It's just I've been so wrapped up with, with my music and everything. I haven't really had time to divulge into anything exceptionally nerdy. So, you know, <laughs> a lot of things have kind of fallen by the wayside. But, hey, I've still got this podcast, and I'm still pretty fucking consistent with it, so... That's always pretty rad. Um, but yeah, so about however many X amount of months ago, <laughs> I purchased uh, a Les Paul Jr. Just a little cheap little fucking Epiphone uh, $99 guitar. 
alongside it, I also purchased the Gibson Dirty Fingers pickup that was originally like $180, but it was half off for some reason on Amazon. So I bought it right quick, put the two together, made a pretty bomb sounding guitar. But when I went in to buy the guitar, I told myself, I'm like, self, Packy, if you're really going to go through with this, if you're really going to buy yet another guitar, which at the time would become number four, <laughs> I'm like, dude, if you're going to really sit down and buy this, then fucking do something with it. Don't just buy a guitar to have yet another thing taking up space that you don't really have. I mean, I have an Epiphone G400 with whatever stock pickups that came in it and everything. And that's always been a great electric guitar. I've had that since I was a sophomore in high school, which is about, I guess that'd be 13 years, 14, 13 or 14 years ago. And I mean, it's, it's always been a solid guitar. There, there's a little bit of an electrical wiring issue in it, but it's something that I'll eventually fix when I tear it apart and build it back up as a new guitar. But you know, that's a project for another day. But yeah, so I, I, I went into the store and I found this guitar and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get it. And I'm going to make this promise to myself that if, like I just said, if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to turn it into, if, if I can't turn it into a career, I'm going to at least try my damnedest to do so. Um, whether it be a, as a musician as just making music on the side and selling it whenever I can, you know, just something like that, anything. I just knew at that moment, right then and there, as I made the purchase that my, my official direction in life was altered and I was effectively blazing a new trail as I've been calling it. I I'm, putting myself on this new path that I need to do something with music. It's, it's, it's always been what's made sense. I mean, for the reason that I said the last 15 years, ever since I started playing guitar, <laughs> it's, it's not been 15 years. That has been 14 years. I was a freshman. Graduated 11 years ago plus three freshman years, 14. Yeah. So I've been playing guitar for 14 years and I mean, <laughs> it's, it's funny because I have no musical influence whatsoever in my family. My, there, there was a piano in my parents' house that was a nice mantelpiece, I guess, of sorts. It was a, a great place to put your knickknacks and occasionally tickle an ivory or two, but never in such a way that ever was deemed um, music. <laughs> you know, at least anything worth listening to. I, I think I wrote a song once in high school and made the intro for it on piano because I knew how to make the chords. But other than that, no, the damn thing's just collected dust all these years. And... I got it in my head to you know, start playing guitar. You know, one of my friends said, Hey, there's a sign up sheet for guitar lessons. You want to take them with me? And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> that's, that's always like my fucking attitude towards everything. It's like, yeah, why not? I just like fucking roll with it. You know, it's just riding the waves and you know, fast forward to like a month after that, I got my first acoustic guitar just a Yamaha something or other piece of shit. That was, I mean, it was a great starter guitar. Don't get me wrong. And took my lessons. Fast forward to the next year, got my electric guitar, the aforementioned G 400. Uh, fast forward to, was it still in high school when I got the Ibanez acoustic? I don't even remember when I got that. 
No, I I think it was either senior year or the year after I graduated that I got my Ibanez Acoustic Electric that I still have, but I'm probably going to get rid of soon because I don't play it anymore. Um, yeah, and then I got rid of the Yamaha and then jumped to, what, just last year? I think it was, and I bought the... Yeah, it was just last year I bought the Fender Strat Acoustic guitar and... And then just a few months ago, the, the LPJ, as I call it. And, uh, I mean, you know, countless tech and gear along the way, you know, be it for playing music or podcasting. And it's, and it's the podcasting that really got me into this again. I mean, in, in between high school and now, there was probably about a gap of two years where I didn't actually play guitar at all. They were always out. They were, they were here in my room, just looking at me, collecting dust. There was another guitar along the way. No, my first electric guitar was not the G400. It was actually a Fender uh, Stratocaster that was just a piece of shit that my brother sold me. I mean, it was like three or four guitars put into one. There was like 20, I think there was like 27 cents in change in between the body and the neck glued in there to keep the neck straight. The only good thing about it is that it had a, a Floyd Rose tremolo, tremolo, however you say it. And that, you know, the whammy bar and all that shit, which was, it was kind of cool, but I'm like, fuck, I'm not that kind of guitar player. <laughs> I play power chords. My biggest influence is Tom DeLong. I have no use for a whammy whatsoever. Um, that guitar has since been demolished. I got tired of moving it every time I uh, switched residences. So I took it out in the street and rock and rolled that shit and smashed it into about, yeah, it was probably eight or nine pieces. It was a solid chunk of wood. It's pretty awesome, though. Um, but yeah. Oh, shit. That distracted my story. <laughs> um, oh, no, it was podcasting, yeah, that got me back into the music because, you know, I was doing the Ape to cast and, like, episode four is when I put up those Angels and Airwaves lyrics that got me in contact with Zach, which, you know, if you listen to episode 10 of Delayed Effect, you'll hear this entire story, really. Um, at least I think we talked about it on there, but, you know, I if you didn't hear it already on chapter 10, Zach came on the show with me, which was cool. It's my, my first ever guest on any show that wasn't the show that him and I do together. Usually <laughs> it was kind of cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we've gotten some pretty good feedback on it. So, uh, we're actually going to probably be doing another one soon. Did I say probably? I think I said probably, Ugh, probably, Sometimes my mouth moves faster than my brain. And yeah, and you know, we had a lot of fun doing that. And I mean, we're we're both working on our songs like we've talked about. And if we get them done, the next thing we record together will be down the bunny hole where we can premiere the songs. If not, then the next episode of Delayed Effect will be where him and I talk. <laughs> so I think that's kind of cool because, you know, down the bunny holes, it's, it's rough because we're, we're out of material. I mean, we're like, I, I think we have maybe like three episodes left worth of songs to talk about that aren't side projects. And there's not really any news to discuss because, you know, it's, it's a Blink-182 podcast. And the only news that we have is a Blink-182 is in the studio with Matt Skiba and not Tom DeLong, And, that's not worth sitting down and trying to stretch into a half an hour. <laughs> you know, it's, it's for as much as we like to get together and do that. It's just, it's not practical. Granted, we could just do like what we did with delayed effect and just talk about bullshit and whatever. But you know, that podcast has a direction. It has a format of sorts. So it's, it's really hard for us to do one thing and call it something else, you know? 
or rather do one thing and not call it something else. So, I mean, having him come on my show or me going on just Zach with him, it kind of, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a weird formality because, you know, down the bunny holes, our show, we can really do whatever the fuck we want with it, but it's just like a strange loyalty to the, the programming of that show, if, if you will. And I guess just putting us in, in, as guests on each other's solo shows makes it a little bit less formal and it just gives us a chance to BS and whatnot. So yeah, him and I were talking uh, by way of text last night and he was saying that, that he's heard some good feedback too about the episode that he was on. So I said, yeah, well, we should fucking do it again. And he said, hell yeah. And I don't think he really said hell yeah, but you know, he was like, yeah, of course with a little bit more excitement than that. But you know, Zach, that's how he is. Yeah. And we start talking about him and I yawn. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, back to the story that, you know, I, I met him and we started down the bunny hole and being that Zach is as much a musician as I am, it reignited my passion for playing. I was like, oh, well, fuck, you know, this guy knows his shit and he's actually a really good guitar player and I want to be I don't you know I didn't want to try and like be up on the same level as him but I want to be near it so that I can understand what he's talking about and I can say yeah well, you did this so what about this and you know we can collaborate and I just wanted to have something to bring to the table so I just started picking up my instruments and started playing them again I mean I'd played them a little bit before I, I'd started back up but once him and I met it was like flipping a switch and I was just it's all I could do to sit down and play and practice whenever I had a free moment. And, you know, it's, it's because of him that, that I bought the Les Paul Jr. You know, he found the ad for it for guitar center and sent it to me. And I said, eh, okay, whatever. And I went and looked at it. I'm like, nah, went back a week later. And for some reason it was still on sale. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> weird fickle-minded musician that I am, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that that's all really what led to me wanting to do this podcast in the first place is that, you know, once I bought that guitar, I'm like, okay, I need to do something with it. I need to, I need to turn this into a profit <laughs> essentially, but in, not, not just for the money because music itself has just always been a driving factor for me. Even before I really started learning how to play it, there was always some special connection to it that I had. I was always listening to it. I was recording radio songs onto my cassette tapes and taking my Walkman with me everywhere. You know, it's, it, you know, I could just, you know, turn on the radio on the Walkman, but I wanted to hear certain songs all the time. Uh, when, when I got a Discman, it was, I was just throwing Blink-182 CDs in there all the time and Green Day and just like constantly switching them out. I had a big CD book that I kept with me to keep switching it out. And there's just always been something about music that I've been drawn to. And, <laughs> and, and I just, I need I, you know, it's, it's the way I look at it is like music has done so much for me. I want to do something to give back to it. You know, if that makes any sense, it's like, I, I want to, I want to start contributing to the music. You know, it's, it's, it's always been there as a form of therapy, entertainment, whatever you want to call it. It's music has always been there for me. So I want to be there for it. You know, I want to start adding to the, the fucking melting pot that is the music industry in whatever way, shape or form. And, uh, well, fuck, that's where my, uh, my big news comes into play. Um, I, uh, I, I started, I, I, I believe I brought it up on here before, but I started looking into this school in San Francisco. It was called the, uh, the Academy of Arts or something like that. And they had a really good sounding recording music production program is what it is. It was more geared towards film 
like music production for film and TV, not so much just like um, records, albums, things like that. But I was like, you know, whatever. It's it's experience. It's something I can learn. It's it's a foot in the door, you know. And and I'm looking into it, and and I'm I'm like a gnat's ass hair away from pulling the trigger on on going down and touring with the school. And I just start hearing. Uh, what's what is it? I mean, it's like the opposite of a success story. I don't I don't know what the term is, but I hear uh, from a close personal friend that her boyfriend's sister, I think it was, went to the school and finished the whole entire thing, got a degree, and is just sitting there in debt without a job tied to the degree. And it's been years since she graduated there. Uh, and and then I just I started doing a little research and just found other stories like that. I mean, you you can do it, but you it's it's the the exact problem that I've always had with school. It, it, you sit there and you just plug away and throw yourself further and further and further into debt for X amount of years to get handed a piece of paper and told good luck. If you're lucky, you get into an internship program with you and what, 30 other students, and maybe they pick two of you? Those odds are not good enough for me to play with. I I just, I can't, I I don't like being in debt. I mean, fuck, my credit card bill is high enough right now, and that makes me nervous. (laughs) You know, it's like when, when I bought my car, I fought adamantly to pay it off. I never missed a payment on that thing and I got it down to the fucking wire and just paid the last bit of it off with a huge chunk of money and got out of debt with that. You know, it's it was nice and I I just I don't see the point in paying an ungodly amount of money. Something that there's no fucking way that I could have into this program for a slap on the ass and a thumbs up and a piece of paper. It's like, it it never made sense to me. I mean, I went to community college for God knows how many years, you know, fighting to get an associate's degree. I couldn't even do that because I didn't see the point. You know, I, I was always told, Oh, you know, you get the piece of paper, you'll get in the door, but it's like, at what cost? I mean, to what? <laughs> to what job? To just some fucking nine to five desk job where I get to sit and wear a suit and a tie all the time? I mean, I, granted, I look great in a suit and a tie. Don't get me wrong, but that's just not the life for me. I, I, I was, I was never comfortable with the idea of that. I felt like every day that I was going to school. I was just doing it because that's what everyone expected of me. She goes, oh, you finished high school. You have to go to college now. You have to do this. You have to get this practical job. (laughs) And I get it. I understand that that makes sense. That should be what's normal. But that suit and the tie is just a disguise. It ain't really me, as the song says. Um, it's, it never, it never clicked. You know, I, I got really far into getting an associate's degree in business management. I think I really only had like maybe two terms left. (laughs) It was actually when I took business ethics that dissuaded me from the course altogether or rather the program altogether. Um, not just because of the class, the teacher was the big part. He's kind of a dick. I didn't like him. And I just, I didn't like his teaching method at all. And the class itself really taught me just about how unethical the business world is. And that just, that really, really set me back. I'm like, well, this is the career I want to get into, into this, this, the, the, this world and society full of liars and thieves and cheaters. Granted, 
you know, I know that that's pretty much how the world works as a whole, <laughs> which may be a little cynical, but you know, who isn't, but still I just, I, I couldn't justify it and I quit. I stopped. I'm like, I just, I can't do it. You know, in the middle of all that, I did take a couple music production classes and I'm like, God, this shit's really fun. You know, that kind of lit the spark a little bit in my mind. Like, Oh, I like doing this stuff. And then, you know, jump ahead to when I started podcasting, uh, specifically with down the bunny hole, because, you know, I had to splice together the two audio tracks of Zach's, uh, I don't say vocals, <laughs> uh, Zach's track and my track. We had to put them together, sync them up so that the audio matched. So it sounded like we were actually having a conversation, throw in the intro track, the outro, which I recorded myself, you know, the intro track to down the bunny hole. If you don't know, was like six or seven different tracks layered on top of each other. Sure doesn't sound like it. Sure doesn't sound that sophisticated to need that much, but even so, it, uh, I, I, for lack of a better term, I got off on that. I was, I had so much fun just like getting in the nitty gritty and being so fucking meticulous and like going through and cutting out every single little nasty bodily noise that I might make. You know, if if I sneezed, I never sneezed in the show. If I coughed, if I cleared my throat, if if there was like dead silence, you know, it's like I just go through and cut all this shit out, and it, I really enjoyed it. I loved putting files up together and matching things up so that they're in sync and that they go the way that they're supposed to flow. It's like it's 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 a sense of gratification, you know. It's it's much like landscaping in a sense where. You know, you, you look at something that's just a mess and you go and you prune it, you clip it, you shape it, you clean it. And when you take a step back and you look at it and everything is just as you wanted it to be. And it's perfect. And you just get that sense of instant gratification. And like, that's always been a preferred outcome for employment for me. And... And I've always enjoyed it. But, you know, so as I was saying, I was looking into that school in San Francisco and I'm just like, you know, with those, those negative success stories, lack of success stories. I still don't know what the proper term is for that, but for, for the way that those turned out, I just like, I can't, I can't justify that. It's, it's just like going back to school again, like before. And I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't justify it, but I told myself, I'm not just going to stop. I'm not going to quit and give up. I'd already made the promise to myself that I need to fucking do something with music for my career. So I kept looking. I, I thought more about California because, um, I mean, a lot of my favorite bands came out of California. The preferred style of music that I play and, and listen to is in California. So I thought, all right, why the fuck not? I'll just keep looking there. I think I typed in San Diego recording, no, San Diego music production program. And up popped this website called the recording connection. And I'm looking into it. I'm like, well, this sounds kind of cool. You know, it's a, at first glance, it's like their, their biggest agenda is, no classrooms, no students. They take you and they put you right into a studio. They, they find you somebody that they think you would be compatible with as a mentor. And it's, it's essentially like an apprenticeship program. It's just you one-on-one with an actual producer or an engineer, at least in the music field. They also have, uh, radio film and now culinary too, which I think is kind of cool. So it's like in each of those respective fields, if it's culinary, they throw you into a restaurant in, in the restaurant's downtime and you actually learn how to cook in a restaurant. You don't go to class. You don't go sit and read a book. You get into the shit and actually learn how to do it. That's the same way that the music program is to you. You get thrown into a real studio with working equipment 
that gets used on the daily and you meet artists that come through, you meet executives that come through other engineers, other producers, you, you make all these relationships all the while gaining the experience and the know-how to actually work in and run a recording studio. And I'm like, well, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that exactly fucking exactly what I'm looking for. I mean, I, I always have learned best by hands-on experience, you know, going back to my guitar lessons, my teachers would sit there and show me how to play something. I pick it up right away. They go and write the chords on the board and like the different things about theory and all that shit. I'm like, uh huh. All right. But how do I play it? <laughs> you know, it's that that's always how it's been. Hands on. Give me the physical experience of it. And so, you know, this recording connection sounds great. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, well, if I have to move to San Diego or actually they're based out of LA. So I'm like, if I have to move to LA, that's fine. I guess really prefer not to because LA is like super city, but you know, I'll go wherever I need to. Well, in looking at it, being that they don't actually have a campus or classrooms or even like their own individual recording studios that they build for these programs, they're nationwide. Fuck. They're actually global. The guy on the phone that I talked to the other day said, yeah, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yes, I've already got the go on this. You you already fucking tell that by now. <laughs> um, he said that the that they have uh, programs up in Canada and I think over in Europe too. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I clicked on Oregon. Portland. Okay, cool. Click on Portland. There's like five studios that pop up in Portland that are part of the program and they're actual real recording studios. What this organization does is they, they screen different studios and they reach out to these producers and they say, Hey, this is what we do. And we need people that want to teach that want to pass on their knowledge and their information to somebody else. That's main goal in life is to learn everything that you had to teach. And so they find these people and they get them in the program. So in Portland, there's five actual recording studios that are part of this program. Well, just for shits and giggles, I clicked on Washington too, since that's just a fucking stone's throw away from where I live. And they have Seattle and Spokane. I don't want to live in Spokane because that's like six or seven hours away. Seattle's, about half that, if not a little bit less. I mean, on a good day, I can get to Seattle in about three hours. I click on Seattle and the map pops up and it goes, there's like 20 to 30 different studios in Seattle that are all part of this program. And and if you know me, my... <laughs> One of my underlying goals for the last few years that I never thought would be possible would was to get out of Oregon. I don't want to live here anymore. I'm I'm tired of living in the state and specifically the city that plays copycat to the rest of the world. I mean, specifically Seattle even. Portland is essentially that that one kid on the playground that sees the really cool kid off in the distance and decides, well, I'm going to try and be like him. So he works and works and works to become like him. And by the time he gets there, the cool kid's already onto something else that's even cooler. But it's original, and he's not copying anybody else. He's being completely progressive on his own, whereas the the little copycat Portland over here is just trying to catch up and it's never going to. That's how I see it. <laughs> Seattle's just a much better city. I always feel better when I'm in Washington and it's, it's not just because the, the girl that I'm interested in lives up there <laughs> for once. You know, for once, that's actually not what's driving me to move up there. 
not, not that she wouldn't be worth it because she's a complete and total sweetheart. But it's like, it, it's, it's me that's driving this force train that, that wants to go somewhere. You know, it's, it's my own decision to do this. And, and it's something for me. It's, it's for me and my career. So, you know, that's kind of important. <laughs> um, granted, you know, being closer to the, to all my friends up there would be a, a wonderful benefit from this. I, uh, I just, I thoroughly enjoy the people I get to hang out with up in Washington and, and I, I just, I feel better. Like I said before, when, whenever I'm up there, I just, I feel more level headed. I feel clear. I feel calm. And you know, when I cross that state line and get back here, I just, I feel like I'm entering a war zone of sorts. Like, like it, I, I know that's a little extreme and I've never actually been in a war zone, so I can't adequately, you know, justify that kind of a feeling, but like, it's just, I, I feel like I'm entering just this negative cloud that just seems hell bent on bringing me down. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Like my family and friends are here. This has been my whole life for God knows how long my entire life really. But I mean, aside from the fact that it's just so pretentious and, and full of itself, you know, it's like, it, it thinks this, this state and city thinks it's so cool for everything that it represents. But like I said before, it's just copying others. <laughs> it's, it's not an original thought. I want to live in the original thought. And I think Washington should be it. And it's nice too, because living in Washington would be great because I'm not that far from here. I mean, I've, I've already proven that the trip in between here and there is, is quite feasible. It's, it's doable. It's, it's, it's like listening to three episodes of pod blocked. <laughs> Bam. Three episodes of pod blocked. I'm, I'm up in Seattle, you know, or I'm here back home. And, and it's great. It's, it's not too far. So, I mean, I can get back if there's ever an emergency or, you know, if, if my friends here want to hang out, I can be back in the morning, you know, and just get up a little early and just take off. Bam. It's very doable. And, and it's doable in, in a smart sense too, in a practical sense, which is great because I'm not very practical in general. <laughs> Never have been, but I, I guess I can be when it counts, so that's cool. So anyway, back to this recording connection. Um, just this last Thursday, um, actually Wednesday even, I, I filled out the... Okay, well actually, I should backpedal a little bit more. On Tuesday, I go into work for the city... And I look at my boss and I say, I say to him, have you checked my hours to see how much time I have left here? Cause you know, I'm a seasonal worker and I'm only guaranteed or actually I'm only allowed a max number of hours per year. And he's like, Oh, you know, I haven't, I should do that today. So he does. He comes up to me at lunch and he's like, you remember how we were joking last week, which, you know, I didn't tell this story before, but we were joking the week before that when my best friend Joel used to work there, there was a point in time where he found everybody's hours and he looked at Joel and he said, so I looked up your hours and you have to leave at lunch. <laughs> like, like he told Joel on the day on his last day that that was his last day. <laughs> and so, you know, fast forward to, you know, just this last Tuesday and he's like, you remember how we were joking about that last week? 
well, you have two hours left after today. And I'm like, ha, that's funny. He's like, no, really. I'm like, oh, (laughs) all right. You are terrible at your job. (laughs) I had to laugh at it because it's just how he is. And I, I knew my time was coming up. I thought I had till the end of September. But so after Tuesday, I had two hours left and he's like, do you want to just come in on Friday for two hours? And that way I can cut your last check and hand it to you in person, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, of course. So he does that. And, um, I get off work that day. I'm like, well, fuck, I don't have to do anything. So I went and hung out with Joel for a bit and told him what happened. Like, yeah, all right, whatever. And, uh, did I work on the song that night? No, that was last week. Never mind. No, that was then. Was that Tuesday night? I uh, <laughs> I wanted to re-record the vocals for my song that I'm working on for the project with Zach. Because I can belt it out in the car, but then I get here in front of the microphone and I can't do it right. So I ended up taking the microphone in the car with me. And it worked. It worked great. I took my, my microphone, my interface, my computer, just went in there and just fucking tore it up. My throat was a little sore afterwards, but I got it. I got it perfect. I was like, fuck yeah, that's great. So I did that. Actually, that might have been Monday night. Yeah, I think that was Monday night. And then, yeah, t- so Tuesday night, yeah, I went and just hung out with Joel. And then got home. I'm like, eh. Whatever, so I didn't have to do anything, so I just played music all night. Uh, slept in a little bit the next day. And just took a day to myself. I'm like, fuck this, I, d- I have nothing to do. So I drove around. I went, got some coffee. I went to, in here near, uh, I, see, I don't actually live like in Portland per se. I live in one of the outskirts cities, and there's a road called Marine drive that goes right along the Columbia river, which is the river that, um, serves as like, kind of like the border between Washington and Oregon. So yeah, there's a road called Marine drive that goes right along. And Wednesday was just a beautiful day outside. So I, I took a drive up and down Marine drive. I, you know, got the coffee. I went, I grabbed my lyric book and a pen and I went and just sat by the river and started writing some lyrics. And it was great. And I'm like, God, this is so peaceful. And then I got on my phone and I thought, oh, well, you know, since I have two hours of work left, I should probably, you know, kind of expedite my whole process that I was going to do. So, you know, I've filed unemployment and all that. And, uh, and then I looked into that recording connection again and filled out an application for it. I'm like, fuck, it's, at least figure out more about it. Uh, got home that night, fucked around, woke up the next day, did the same thing again. Got up, went and got coffee, grabbed the lyric book and went back to Marine drive again. And, uh, in the middle of the drive, they called the recording connection called, but I didn't, I didn't get the message, but they, they said, I didn't, I didn't hear the phone ring. So I was playing music while I was driving and, uh, yeah, they left a message and said, yeah, here, we're going to send you this packet in your email. You can go through and find out more about our school. And so I did, I sat there and watched all these videos talking about the program, the different aspects of it, everything from, from what you do to who endorses it, to, to the financial aid. To, they just have like little individual videos explaining, describing everything about the school. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just like glued to my phone. Just like, couldn't believe what I was saying. Like, is this real? This can't be real. I mean, here's, here's this place that's putting, like I said before, you know, puts you in an actual studio. But, but not only that, they, they want you to succeed. <laughs> they, they, they put you through this program 
where you know, you go into the actual studio for anywhere from two to seven days a week. You work at your own schedule. You just, you know, prearrange it with the mentor. You have to go a minimum of two days a week for six months. And after all is said and done, more often than not, the studio that you worked in will hire you. There's about a 72% success rate in people getting hired immediately after the program is up. If they don't, the school will use every resource they have to find another studio either in the area or in any desired city that you want to work in. So much so that like, if you say, I want to go work in New York, you get on the plane to fly there. By the time you get there, they will have already called and arranged the entire meetup for you. The, the whole interview, everything. <laughs> I've never heard of a school that actually cares about their students. They don't treat you just like a number with dollar signs. They're actually giving a shit. And, and, and watching the videos, you know, it's like, I, I, I have that feeling back on, this is too good to be true. This is too good to be true. But I mean, it's, I'm, I'm reading through different things like Larry King and Dr. Drew are sitting there promoting this, like in an actual video I mean, you know, they probably got paid to do it, but you know, they, they actually endorse this program as well as, uh, Nikki six. I think he sent his son into the program. Um, Russell Simmons put his nephew through the program. The, there's actual big name producers that are mentors. There, there's one guy in New York. I, I always forget his name, but he works and owns King Chung Studios, which I guess is like considered the Abbey Road of hip hop. And that's actually one of the studios you can work in if you're in New York. If you get, you know, what they do is they, they, they talk to you on the phone and they build up your profile and then they find out which mentor fits best for you in the area that you want to work in. You know, so if, if I said New York, they, there's a chance I might get to work with that guy. He's, he's supposed to be one of the three, uh, like forefathers of hip hop with him, Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> that's a big name guy in your program there. Um, more geared towards the film side of, of music, uh, Hans Zimmer, who did the entire soundtrack for the Dark Knight trilogy, as well as countless other films. I think Inception, too. Basically anything Christopher Nolan. Um, he's one of the mentors down in L.A., and I think that's for the film connection, not the recording connection. But maybe I mean it's it's music, so it's, it's hard to say. But still, it's like those are some big names, big name people. There's Grammy award winning artists that are in the program itself, learning how to do this shit because they want to produce their own music. And I'm just like flipping my shit as I'm watching all this. I'm like, I have to do this. There's no other question in my mind so i i pull off to the well i was already parked obviously um i what was i doing no i was watching that in the coffee shop that's right so then i get in the car and i start driving down to marine drive that's when this happened okay yeah so i pull off to the side of the road there and i just fucking get the phone out I'm like all right we're doing this so i call the school and i talk to them and i just have this wonderful conversation with this guy. I I'm, I'm certain he's like a salesman, you know, he's, he's there to convince me that this is the right choice for me. He's not going to tell me, well, you know, you, you sound great, but you probably don't want to do this. You know, more often than not, he probably just tells people you want to be in this program. You want to be in this program. But, but he's asking me these questions like, like, tell me a little bit about your history. So I told him about, you know, high school when I did the, this, my senior project where we recorded a song that kind of introduced me to it. You know, my music production classes, I told him about podcasting, about how I sit and splice together the files and everything like that. And, and he's like, all right, cool. So you've actually got some experience under your belt, which is great. Cause you know, if you get in with a mentor, that'll kind of push you ahead a little bit. So you don't have to do like all the, the menial stuff in the beginning. 
you know, the, the fact that I already have a little bit of an understanding will help a lot. And then he asked me, he's like, why, why you, why should we pick you for this? You know, if, if you had the interview with the mentor and he, he asked you, you know, why, do, why do you think you even have a shot at this? And, <laughs> and I just laid it down for him. I said, dude, I don't know if you understand music is just, it's everything to me. It's, it's the reason I wake up in the morning. It's the reason I fall asleep at night. It's, it's what allows me to make it through the day and take each breath. It's, it's what moves the blood throughout my body. I I even threw in some like weird poetical analogy, I think is the proper term uh, of my heart being its own instrument that beats in and out of time, pumping the blood throughout my body, you know, some, some shit like that, that it made perfect sense in the conversation. I said, it's, it's the only thing that's ever made sense in my life is music. And, and I have to do something with it. There's no other alternative. This is, this is the path I need to go down because it's the only one that makes sense. And, and I want, I want to learn, I want to learn how to take music and make it better. I want to learn how to, to, to create and, and produce and, and, and just be able to take somebody else's magic and just give it my own little spin, my own little twist, you know, and, and just, and help facilitate that into the world and so that they can be heard so that, so that someone else out there can feel the way I feel because I wouldn't feel the way I feel about music if there weren't producers that, that made it the way that it is, you know? And he just took a moment. And he's like, he's like, wow, you, you are exactly the attitude we are looking for. And then he told me, if, if you tell the mentor, any of the mentors, exactly what you told me, they will be begging you to join their program. And, you know, like I said before, he's a salesman, so he's kind of saying what I want to hear, but fuck, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I, I, just, I told him that that meant the world to me to hear that that that's, that's all I've ever wanted. And, and he, he said, that's all he needed. He's got my profile put together. They're cross-referencing it with the list of mentors. And sometime next week, they're supposed to call me and set up an interview. The admissions department is supposed to get in contact with me to, to go meet somebody. I'm going to request that I can meet somebody here and in Seattle. I'd like to meet two different mentors. I don't know if that's possible. I asked him that, but I don't think he understood the question because he's, he made it sound like, um, like it's, it's a very selective process. Like they don't just throw you at a mentor. They, they actually find one that, that matches up with your criteria, you know, cause it, it's, it's also about, um, what kind of music I want to work with too. You know, he asked me, what do you like? I'm like, well, I like punk rock, pop punk, things like that. That's what I grew up with. That's what I play. It's what I enjoy. And he's like, he's like, all right, that's perfect. Then do you have a problem with other kinds of music? I'm like, Oh no, I don't hate any one genre. I think that each one has its own unique factor to it that provides something that you can learn that you can take and, and apply to, whatever it is you're doing. And it, and it gives you some, something new to bring to the table. And God, I articulated it so much better on the phone call. <laughs> but I, I essentially said that, that, you know, every genre has something that you can take away from it and learn and apply it towards your project and your passion and, and be able to grow as, as a producer. And, and he's like, hi, you, you need to be in this program. <laughs> uh, that was cool. Uh, so yeah, he, he did tell me that if I start in Portland and realize I want to relocate sometime in the middle of the, the program that I can do it without, uh, without any kind of a penalty or anything like that. Matter of fact, he said that actually be kind of cool. Cause I'd get two mentors for the price of one. <laughs> uh, the only drawback I could see is that I'd have to stop midway through what I'm doing and go jump into somebody else's program midway through and that could be disastrous. It's hard to say, but he said it takes four to six weeks to even get the program going anyway. So 
by then I could already have found a way to, you know, live up north. So I, I yeah, I'm going to ask the admissions department if there's a way that I can just interview with, with two of them, you know, so I can see if it's even possible, if there's even somebody up in Seattle that I could work with. And, and I think it'd be a better opportunity because like I said before, there's like 30 something studios up there. There's more, more odds in my favor up North. So, um, the, one of the big kickers about this project or this, excuse me, this program is that they, they don't like that aspect that I didn't like about school where you spend thousands, tens of thousands of dollars going in debt and you just get a piece of paper and a, and a good luck, you know, they don't like that. They, they want you to get all the experience. They want you to get the job right away and they don't want you to spend tons of money. The whole program costs less than $10,000. Granted, that's still a lot of money to me, but $9,400 sounds a lot better than 50000 60000 <laughs> Matter of fact, anything that costs less than my car sounds pretty damn good to me. So, And my car is super cheap comparatively to other ones, but... <sighs> yeah. So I've I've got a way to finance the the tuition. That base is completely covered. I all I just have to decide is do I want to do Portland or do I want to do Seattle? I I have a way to do Seattle. I have somewhere that I can stay for a few months until I can get a job and get my own apartment up there. I'm not in Seattle. Cause that's super fucking expensive, but I'll commute. That's okay. I, I have a way to make it work. <laughs> you guys, the, the whole reason I started this podcast is this. <laughs> it's actually getting a chance to follow my dream rather than just sit there and think about it and wish for it. The, the dream is, is becoming a reality. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get my hopes too far up because nothing has been, you know, solidified yet. Nothing's been, no, no, you know, no dotted lines have been signed. No, no I's been dotted. T's been crossed, you know, nothing yet, but <laughs> I've got a shot. I've got a shot to do exactly why I started this podcast to, to get my ass in the music industry. I don't have to do landscaping anymore. <laughs> I don't have to clean a toilet. Granted, I will get a shit job to help pay for the tuition, you know, the, and everything like that. I, I am not above doing some shit work for another few months until I can turn this into something, uh, lucrative, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> that's only another six months. Fuck. We all know I'm not above doing six months of shit work. <laughs> so there it is. That's my big news. One of the, one of the things the guy on the phone said too, that was awesome at the very end, he's like, well, I'm going to put you in contact with the finance department, but you know, that could very well mean that this is the last time that you and I will talk. And if so, I just want to say that I hope you remember my name when you get your first Grammy nomination. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he says that to everybody, but you know, just based off the, the energy and the flow of our conversation that just fit perfectly. I'm like, you motherfucker, that was pretty good. I, I told him, of course, you'll be first on the list. Don't worry. <laughs> and I told Joel about that. And he's like, you should have, he should have said, all right, thanks, Terry. <laughs> oh, and that's not the guy's name, by the way. It's Russell. Um, <laughs> but still, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you have it. 11 episodes in. I'm already starting. <laughs> it's not so bad. I thought I'd be, I don't know, a lot later on down the road. I, I honestly didn't know how this was going to play out. 
I mean, the, the whole point of this podcast, like I said, is to chronicle my, my journey into the music industry as well as, you know, just talk about the day to day and, you know, my personal life and stuff like that in general. But I just, I didn't think it would come this soon. I mean, there, there was a point in time bef- before I even, you know, had this concept of wanting to get into the music industry that I thought, I thought this was something unattainable. I thought this was something you had to know the right people that you had to start in your early twenties, you know, cause I'm almost 30 and still not set on a career. And I just, I didn't think that this was possible. You know, it's most people have these dreams, these, these awesome ideas of something that they want to achieve, but they never do. I mean, that's their dreams. <laughs> that's, that's what they are. They're just, you know, imaginative, what ifs inside their head and sometimes delusional, but more often than not, it's, it's something attainable. You just, you you just think about it. It's something that you want so badly that you think it's, you'll never be good enough for it. At least that's my mindset. And fuck, I am good enough. I, I have a shot at this, a real practical shot at a, achieving a dream which seems counterintuitive but but yeah so there you have it from here on out ooh this is going to be fun too I'm going to enjoy podcasting while I'm in the program (laughs) that'll be fun I'll actually have some cool shit to talk about Well, I guess that about wraps it up for chapter 11. Hopefully by the time chapter 12 rolls around, I'll have even more information in regards to, you know, what the uh, admissions department says and everything. But thank you, as always, for listening to Delayed Effect and for all of your encouragement and anybody that takes the time to listen to this, to any of my shows to down the bunny hole, eight bit packy cast. Thanks for sticking with me this far. I, it honestly, I mean, I, I would still do podcasting even if I never got feedback for it, especially this one, just cause I've, I find it really therapeutic, you know, but without people like Zach and Mark and Joe and Chris and Jordan from bad reception, um, John and Dylan from arc reactions, all you guys, like, like everybody that's, (laughs) that's influenced my desire to podcast in one way or another. Fuck, even Patrick, ghost director on Twitter, even though he's not a podcaster, he's, you know, the number one fan of every single fucking show out there. All of you guys, it's... I, it's like I was telling Zach the other day, I, I thanked him. It, I'm, I thank all of you. I mean, it, I, I know this is my choice and my career and I'm pushing myself to do this, but I've been really kind of, I don't want to say emotional about the whole thing, but you know, it's, it's, it's a really big thing. (laughs) You know, it's a really, really big thing going on right now. This is, this is literally a paradigm shift if I'm not misusing the word literally. And I mean, this is life changing and I, I've, it's, it's a big thing as <laughs> I've been saying. And I've been going around just like thanking people, you know, and anybody that's, that's had an influence on me to get to where I am right now, all of you, all of you listeners and all you've aforementioned podcasters and I wouldn't be here right now without all of you in some way, shape, or form. 
you guys, you're my, my podcasting internet family. (laughs) And, uh, and I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the, the encouragement, you know, the support, the, the feedback. I mean, you guys are the ones that pushed me to start singing on podcasts, you know, to, to start putting that out there. If it wasn't for Zach, I wouldn't be, you know, pursuing being a musician. If it wasn't for Mark, I wouldn't even have a podcast. You know, if it wasn't for Chris and Joe, I wouldn't have syrup for my waffles. <laughs> and and I also wouldn't have the drive to be consistent you know to to actually meet a deadline if it wasn't for for dylan and john and arc reactions and jordan over at bad reception if it wasn't for those guys i wouldn't be making theme songs for other people's podcasts as i mean there's there's all these little things but they all add up to make one giant awesome piece of pie actually one giant awesome pile together and I bet it's delicious. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of that real quick, that not the pie, but the, you know, that I made theme songs and all that. This is something I've been meaning to talk about for like five episodes and I keep forgetting. I've realized I have like my fingers in a lot of different podcasts. I mean, Jordan's show I did the intro for, you know, Dylan and John, I did the intro for their show and they have another show that I'm supposed to do the intro for that. I'm really, really behind on doing and my bad guys. I swear I will get to it. Uh, um, I did the intro for down the intro and the outro for down the bunny hole. Um, if you listen to pod blocked in the intro to their show, is a clip from the one episode that I was on when the three of us were saying aqua, 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 <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just funny. It it's really cool to see, like to actually take a step back and look at this and say, wow, that's me. That's me. Just these little tiny things. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me branching out and just being a little, little piece of something bigger. And I think that's kind of cool. And, uh, I think it all adds to that support and encouragement that I get from all of you. You know, it's like I I'm as much a part of your stuff as you are of mine, I guess. I, I no, that sounds a little self-centered, <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's just, it's kind of cool to, to know that we're all kind of in this together and that we've got each other's backs, even though we've never met each other. That's the weird thing is like, we have this like tight knit group of podcaster friends that have never met each other in person. (laughs) That's just weird. But still, it's kind of cool too. So thank you guys, all of you so much. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing every little detail of this experience that I can with you guys. And (laughs) it's going to be fucking awesome. So stay tuned. Cause I can't wait to see what comes next. So thank you for joining me on delayed effect. And remember wherever the stars Ah, fuck it. You finish it. I'm Packy, signing off.